Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Hello and welcome to another episode of Affirmative Murder, the Equal Opportunity Murder Podcast. I'm your host, Alvin Williams, joined as always by my partner in true crime, Francel Evans. What's going on? People, I don't know what state you are currently in while you're listening to this, but for the past two days, we have been experiencing what I can only describe as Wizard of Oz-like windstorms, and uh, I'm. it's pretty safe to say we made it, you know? Yeah. Let's give it well, up for us. First of all, that music, though, man, I feel like I'm a... Where you get in the boxing ring with that, that music. Yeah, that man, intro, I, that's man. why that's why I you know, I I felt like it was time to change it up because we are victorious. We are coming for every throne that's out there. Yeah. So we need the music to let people know so when they hear that it strikes fear, but also it strikes motivation. Don't ever play yourself. But um the Oscars are tonight, friend. So I thought it'd be fun. I got up some uh also, I'm currently my uh, mic stand is broken, so I'm currently holding the mic like uh, Jerry Seinfeld '93, and uh, it is weird. But we're gonna get through this. Feel like um, I'm I'm in an open mic stand up night. It's uh just I just flew in from uh just flew in from Dallas, and, and boy, my arms are tired. Am I right, friend? You know what I mean. It's crazy out there. Anyway, I thought it'd be fun to go over some of the. Movies that we definitely haven't seen, mm-hmm. but just give our biased opinion on who we think should win, mm-hmm. based on you know in the category or take take a wild guess. You know what? Oh, let's make it a ga- let's make it a gambling thing. Just okay. off the off the title you like. Okay, I'm go off the title I like. Cool. We're just gonna go through them. Let's okay, so first category we got best picture. Okay, the ca- the nominations are uh, Call Me by Your Name. I have seen that. No, I haven't. Okay, I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Darkest Hour, mm-hmm. Dunkirk, mm-hmm. Get Out. Lady Bird, Phantom Thread, The Post, and The Shape of Water. Mm, easy. Get out. Get out. Yeah, I'll, yeah, yeah. I think we're on the same page on that. Get out uh, should win. I don't. That's based on nothing but pure, uh, but, but pure bias. But Get Out should win. No, but seriously, um, some of these movies in here I did want to see. I just didn't get a chance to go see. Like The Shape of Water. Are these is, like are these new movies? Like newer movies, or did they come out recently? Or they yeah, they all. I mean, okay. yeah, yeah, they all came out last year. Um, the Shape of Water was a Guillermo del, del Toro movie. He did um, Labyrinth, or he did. I'm sorry, he did Pan's Labyrinth, not Labyrinth starring mm-hmm. starring David Bowie. I love Pan's Labyrinth. He did the hel- the second Hellboy movie. He is a very dark and good with like creatures. And the Shape of Water is about it's basically King Kong, but with a fish person in the mm-hmm. water. You might have seen the previous for it. I don't know. The woman can't speak. I wanted to see it, didn't see it. So get out, she win. Also, Lady Bird. I have a bit of a crush on her name, Saoirse Ronan. She's uh, Irish. It's purely the accent. She's kind of like a humble looking. She's not like ugly, but she just mm-hmm. do- isn't striking. But she has that like, hey, how are you? Oh, man, it's crazy out here. Oh, man. Whoa. Oh, man, I got to tell you. Oh, boy, for sure. And I'm like, yeah, I'm into it. Uh, but I didn't see Lady Bird, but apparently <laughs> it was very good. But I didn't see it. Okay. Everything else, they don't care. Yeah, don't yeah. care. We're going to move on. Get Out should win. So yep. let's. we're going to root for Get Out tonight. Moving on, uh, best actor in a leading role. We got uh, Timothy Chalamet, who was in Call Me By Your Name, which you saw. No, you did not see that. Nope. Okay, wrong. Um, you did not see that, neither did I. But Timothy Chalamet is uh, like the new heartthrob on the block. He's like 19, kind of looks like a willowy, wispy girl. He's got long black hair, and he's kind of like, hey, what's up? I'm Timothy Chalamet. 
he shouted out Cardi B on the um like one of those red carpets for like mm-hmm. the Emmys or something. That got him a little bit of viral virality. That's a cool name. It is. It reminds me. It reminds me of a uh, what's his name from Home Alone. Tim the Toolman Taylor. No, the the main character in Home Alone. Tim Allen. Home Alone. Oh wow! I thought you the said Home, home Improvement. improvement. Yeah. Um, home and Home <laughs> Kevin. I mean uh, Macaulay Culkin. Yeah. I don't know how it reminds you of Macaulay Culkin, like his but name sure. Too. Yeah. Okay. Uh, <laughs> we got Daniel Day Lewis uh, in the Phantom Thread. We got Daniel Kaluuya in Get Out. We got Gary Oldman in The Darkest Hour. And we got Denzel Washington and Roman J. Israel Esquire. Hmm. Um, I'm going to go with Daniel Kaluuya uh, um, from Get Out. I'm going with Denzel. Yeah. Uh, did you see that movie? No. Just going. Like de- going just, it's a good horse to put your bet on. Yeah. It's definitely a good horse to put your bet on. I would also not be surprised because there are some extenuating circumstances in this category. Daniel Day-Lewis is perhaps the greatest actor to ever walk the face of the earth. And this was his says last movie. Says like Oh, is most, he like an old guy? Is he old? I mean, he's like no. definitely like probably in his 60s. He's not incredibly. He's not like he didn't die or anything, but he so is he, an he older got a, he got guy. A reputation though. Yeah, I mean, as far actor. as like as far as like he might not be in movies that he's a thespian. I don't mean like he was in a movie with The Rock. I mean, like movies that get nominated for Oscars over and over and over again. He's that dude. He was he played Abraham Lincoln. See, I don't see those movies, though. Yeah, I, mean, I love those. Like he was in this movie called There Will Be Blood about this guy who was going around swindling people for their land because he knew there was oil under the ground. And he ended up getting so rich that he like lost his mind. Very good. He played Abraham Lincoln. He was in Gangs of New York. Very good actor. He's I like, never watched the Oscars. Oscars. Do they do? Um, they show previews of the movie. Yeah, I mean they show like scenes. That's what from I mean. The, yeah, they show like scenes from the movie. Um, I may have to watch. But uh, yeah, so I would say I want. I'm rooted for Daniel Kaluuya, but I would not be surprised if Daniel Day Lewis won because this is his last movie. He retired from acting like last year sometime. So this. This movie that came out was his last movie. When you retire from acting, do you just like I'm stopping? Or, yeah, I guess you're just like I quit. <laughs> I don't know why or how or I. But again, he's a thespian, so he's not gonna. He only does movies that he's the leading man in, oh, and so he's okay. not gonna pop up in a Seth Rogen movie. Like okay. he's like I'm not doing movies anymore because I'm not. I don't do commercials. You know, you don't see him in like a, a Levi jeans commercial or something uh-huh. like that. He does really tenuous acting roles where you have to like embody a character for six months mm. and he's like i'm not doing that anymore it's probably a lot of work exactly so he's so that's what acting is to him so in his mind he's done in his mind he's like oh i'm not gonna embody another person again it takes too much out of my life i'm done acting because i'm not gonna go be in fucking expendable seven Shit. you know so i'm i would say that i i, I think it's gonna be uh daniel day lewis moving on uh Best actor in a supporting role. We got Willem Dafoe in The Florida Project. Didn't see it. Woody Harrelson in Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri. Didn't see it. We got Richard Jenkins in The Shape of Water. Didn't see it. And we got Christopher Plummer in All the Money in the World. Didn't see it. Don't care. Not even going to make a pick. Moving on. Uh, Best actress in a supporting role. Now, this is exciting. We got Mary J. Blige in Mudbound. Didn't see it. We got uh, Alex. These movies get any type of publicity or? Uh, yeah, I mean, some of the, I mean, I, I heard about Mudbound, but I didn't see it. I think it's they a Netflix movie. It's a, this was a Netflix movie. Oh. But uh, we got I, Tanya, star, uh, that's supporting role. Alice and Janney, great actress. And I, Tanya was big. I don't know how you didn't. You, you never heard of this movie? What is it? I, Tanya, about Tanya Harding, the ice skater. Didn't hear about this at all. Mm, was she white? Yeah. Mm, I think I've seen it. You I saw don't the mean mo- I've seen the movie, you but saw I've seen previews. Preview, yeah. Okay, yeah. And we got uh, Laurie Metcalf, Lady Bird, didn't see it. We got Octavia Spencer, Lady, uh, The Shape of Water, didn't see it. But my money's on Octavia Spencer. She's shitting a pie, so I'm always going to bet on Excuse her. Excuse me? Yeah, you didn't see The Help? No. Yeah, she's shitting a pie in that movie. So mm. I'm always going to bet on her. It's disgusting. And um, here's the final category I'm going to do because I haven't seen most of these movies. But Best Director, here we go. Dunkirk, didn't see it. Christopher Nolan. Get Out, Jordan Peele. Lady Bird, Greta Gerwig. Didn't see it, don't care. Phantom Thread, Paul Thomas Anderson. Didn't see it, don't care. The Shape of Water, Guillermo del Toro. Didn't see it, do care, just haven't seen it. Who you got? 
Jordan Peele. Yeah, Jordan Peele. We're going to go with Jordan <laughs> Peele on that one, purely based off bias, but yep. that's what we're going to go with. So it's, it's going to be a big night for Jordan Peele, I'm, 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 get, I'm, I'm betting. I hope so. I'm really betting on that. Um, What time does it come on? I need to watch it. Eight-ish. Eight-ish? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to check it out. Um, Also, Coco's nominated for an Oscar. I haven't seen it, but I plan on seeing it today. Oh, that's what you, you did say that early. That's yeah, right. it's like... Uh, Is it on Netflix? Nah, you got to so, rent it. Oh. It's like a Mexican movie. Hmm. It's a... Yeah. I mean, you're not, you're not, you're not tied in. Your, 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 your spouse is not Mexican. No, but it's, a, it's a Spanish vibes might okay. be a completely different culture. I don't know, but Coco, but it doesn't, you don't have to be Mexican to enjoy the movie. I heard it was good and beautiful. So I'm going to check it is out. Is it, is it in Mexican? Like, I mean, Spanish? No, no, no. It's just oh. like the based around Mexi- Mexican culture, oh, okay. like Dia de los Muertos. And uh, <laughs> uh, other things, you know, um, there's a lot of uh, those like Chichenia skulls, like the skeletons with paint on them. Hmm. You never seen those like pretty skulls? Like they'll take skulls and like paint them with. And they wear them? Yeah, sure. Wear them or just put them somewhere just because the d- death is beautiful in Mexican culture. It's like you get to go home and or go to the spirit world and see your family again. So it's a celebration there. Oh. That's how they handle it there. Mm. Um, but yeah, so um, this has been Oscar hour. Yeah. Um, we usually, we, we've been trying to do more like current event stuff and what's going on in the world, but I'm so sick of talking about Donald Trump and I, I don't want to talk about him today. So I was like, it's the Oscars are today. So let's just talk about that for 10 minutes. I got minutes. something I want to bring up too. Go for it. So you remember that you this did, so uh, weird. I, I, last I, week you did um, Aaron Hernandez, right? Uh-huh. And, I heard something on TV. It says it was a guy named Dave Darrelson. You ever heard of him? Nope. He's a two-time uh, NFL champion. Uh-huh. So what happened was he suffered from CCE. Yeah. So he killed himself um, with a gunshot wound to the head on February 17th of 2011. Uh-huh. And he wanted his brain. He left. Well, some articles say he left a a letter. And some articles say he sent a text message to his family saying that he wanted his brain to be studied. Yeah. After he was dead. Uh-huh. So uh, they studied his brain and then... The state of Illinois in the House of Representatives passed an act called the Dowelson Act. Oh. And that prevents kids under 12, year old, 12 years old playing tackling, tackle football. Yeah, good. Yeah. I mean, I know that Pop Warner is kind of like ingrained in the culture of the society and like play football and seeing little kids mm-hmm. tackling people and shit. But think about every study I've ever read says a human brain isn't fully developed until you're around 25 years old. Mm-hmm. So imagine on top of that, being underdeveloped having an underdeveloped brain you're also beating your brain about your skull every saturday for you know however many games are in a pop warnerly eight to ten weeks every summer mm-hmm. maybe two times a year sometimes kids play summer and like winter sport you know so you got practice and whatnot they didn't got practice yeah. so i mean by the time you're an adult now imagine that you aren't one of that four percent or however many people actually go on to become a professional athlete mm-hmm. now you beat your brain about your skull Around your head, you know, at a intense level, if you play high school football for a really good team, even if you, even for a shitty team, and you don't go on to make millions of dollars, and now your brain's all bruised up and is, you know, at risk of of bleeding out. the The one thing I didn't get to get to last week was, um, have you ever seen a per, like videos of people with Alzheimer's mm-hmm. and how forgetful and like violent they can be? Yeah. Now put that in the body of a person that's six three, two hundred and sixty five pounds. You know, like a person that can just disassociate with where they are and who you are and why you're in my house and all these kind of things. And then they have the ability to actually destroy you. The level of aggression would be crazy. Yeah. You know, like a 95 year old man, if he, if he's all of a sudden is forgets who you are and like, get out of my house. Who are you? You just kind of like grab his wrists and sit him down until he calms down. But if JJ Watt all of a sudden, you know, was like, who the fuck are you? Why are you in my house? He could like snap you in half. Right. So, it, it, it is dangerous, and, and I feel bad for these people. That's crazy. And I think these, I, I feel like kids need to know what they're getting into. High school kids, young kids, parents need to know. I mean, I mean, it sounds like you know, like in my world, people know what CTE is. Like you know, and mm-hmm. we, we can talk about it. But I'm sure there are a bunch of people that haven't read these studies and are happily like a bunch of families in Texas are like, that's all. That's all uh, uh, fake news. That's all hashtag fake news. That's just people don't want to support football anymore because they want us all to be like hippies. So, no, my kid's going to play football. That's probably the thought of a lot of people, you know. Mm -hmm. So I think it needs to be more widespread that this is what can happen to you if you play football. But um, we're not here to – I'm not here to preach or tell you how to raise your kids because – 
I don't give a shit. I don't have kids. So, you know, if you want to, if you want to, <laughs> you know, put your kid down the path to make you millions of dollars, shit, yeah, go for it. If I had five kids, like, at the at the age I am now, I definitely would be super stressed out, but I would be, one of them would be, I would be pushing them to go to the Olympics. I would be trying to make money off one of these kids. Yeah. Almost like a lottery ticket, but yeah. I don't have kids, so. I hated football, so, you know. I yeah, man, you, like you get hurt all the time. Yeah. <clears throat> I'm not even going to go this. Is, this is affirmative <laughs> murder. We talk about murder here. This is not a sports podcast. Uh, <laughs> but what we're going to do is we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to tell you some fucked up shit. So stay tuned. All right, and we are back. This is um, incredibly weird. I, 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 we are pushing through, but I, like I said, my mic stand broke, so I'm currently holding my mic stand like I'm a seven-year-old at a, a, a talent show about to sing This Little Light of Mine. But we're going to push through, man. It's, it's nothing. We're, I'm going to get a new mic stand uh, this week, and next week I won't be having sweaty palm while I hold this fucking mic in my hand. Fran, I went first last week. Mm-hmm. So now it is your turn to go first. If you're ready, slash when you're ready, please tell me some fucked up shit. All right. So I'm doing my affirmative murder this week is the story and the murder of Marvin Gaye. Oh. What's going on? Yes. So um, Marvin Gaye mm-hmm. was That's born April 1st, 1984. Four. I hope I get this no. right. 84? Right. No, that's not no. right. Uh, <clears throat> you know what? I don't care about his. Oh, wait. He's born. No, that's not right either. Anyway, we're going to move on from that. He was born at this, some point. This, this messed yeah, he this was definitely born up. at some point. So Marvin Gaye had a, a very hated relationship with his father, Marvin oh. Gaye Sr. Yep. Since his childhood, Marvin, Marvin Sr. was a Christian minister who was a strict disciplinary and often physically, pun- often physically punished his children. He was also a cro- he was also a crossdresser. His was, dad was yeah, which was commonly which was commonly known in the family's Washington D.C. neighborhood. I didn't even know Shout I didn't know he you. was born in D.C. Me it either. Me. Shout out to you, Dad. Yeah. Live your life. Uh, which was commonly known in the family's uh, Washington D- Washington D.C. neighborhood and made the younger Marvin a target of bullying. Yeah, it was because of this. Now I don't know if this is true. Because I read another article and it was like nobody knows. I'm about to get to it anyway. Okay. So, um, yeah. So that made him a target of bullying. Yep. It was because of this added with rumors of Marvin's own homosexuality that mm. Marvin added an E to his last name when he became famous. <laughs> so that's why his name's Marvin Gaye with an E. That's so. I feel so bad for him. Like so, to avoid, yeah. like that his name is just Gay. <laughs> He put an E on the end, so I don't want people to think I'm gay, so I'm going to put an E on the end of it. Yeah. That's so but sad. Another, and, like, I read, like, a Reddit page they had, and it was a whole bunch of other rumors that why he added an E to his name. But that's a conversation for another day. Okay. Um, Yeah, so after he became famous, that's when he added the E to his name. Right. So Gay's father never approved of his son's career in music and gradually grew resentful that Gay was closer to his mother, Alberta, and had become the breadwinner of the family. Despite a brief improvement in a relationship after Gay found success with his new album, What's Going On? Oh, yeah. Father and son never found a lasting peace. So by 1983, Gay had reemerged in the public in the public eye after a European tax exile with the hit song Sexual Healing. Tax it, exile? Is that what I mean? Tax? Just, yeah, tax. Oh, okay, I guess. Yeah. I mean, man, people pay your taxes, man. <laughs> oh, yeah, he was in, oh, he's in a lot of debt, by the way. It was crazy. Um... So Wesley Snipes got sent to jail, man, over taxes. They put Blade in jail. Yeah, so pay your taxes. With this, with Marvin Gaye, that after he died, he owed so much taxes that, like, at some point, all the money he, after he was there, all the money he made off, like his album and went songs, went to the IRS. Went to IRS, and then wow. like, it was he ain't had no will also, so it just like, wow, he paid the tax and that was it. It was nothing left for like to move on to his kids and nothing. Like, if he had kids, I don't know if he had kids. Listen, now. man, people. That's crazy. Living fast and dying young sounds good, but when you do, you leave a mess of shit behind for people. Take That's care crazy. of your be have fun and all that type of shit. But if you're in a, a position to where you're not, well, I mean, I guess he was financially stressed, but still, like, oh damn. shit, I'm sorry. But still, you know, like, take care of your responsibilities. Don't just fucking be reckless and just, you know, tomorrow's the only a day away and all that kind of shit. No will and you're up to your neck in tax debt so when you die, he may, I mean, sexual healing is an anthem. You know, mm-hmm. These are songs that are going to be around forever. 
and nobody in the gay family is gonna gonna profit off of his success. The IRS gets his money. Yep. That's crazy. Yeah, so um after European Tex Exile with the hit song Sexual Healing and this album Midnight Love. Midnight Love. For a time he was also achieved he also achieved sobriety sobriety, sobriety uh-huh. during his extensive stay in Belgium. Returning to the United States, he embarked on his final sexual healing tour in April of that year. Gay, who had profound dislike for touring, returned to cocaine abuse mm. to cope with the pressure of the road, and midway through the tour, he developed paranoia over an alleged attempt on his life. Wearing a bulletproof vest until he was on stage, in reality, there was little of any real danger. Although while on tour, road crew member Eric Sharp committed suicide by hanging himself from a shower curtain Jesus. Rod in New Jersey. This is a whole bunch of shit going on on the fucking tour. Um, so when the tour ended in August of 1983, Gay moved into his parents' residence of 2101 South Gramercy Place, a home which he bought for 30000 This was in This was in 73. For his parents and several other relatives, Gay returned to the U.S. to nurse his mother, who was recovering from kidney surgery, during his stay, his father was absent. Also, he like his dad like lost his job and he was an alcoholic also. Damn. So this is why he was absent at one point. Um, Gay's father returned from a business trip in Washington during which he per- purchased insurance on his family's previous residence. Initially, Gay's sister Jean and Zayola. Are we talking about his dad right now? This is this is him moving back home. Oh, okay. but yeah. Um, but yeah, his dad po- purchased life insurance on the family. Uh, shortly afterwards, due to the growing conflict between the father and son, so that's when he came, he comes back, and right. then they start butting heads again. Yeah. So for the next six months, two men struggled to keep their distance from one another. During one quarrel at the house, the elder, the elder gay called the police to have his son leave the property. After staying with one of his sisters, however, Marvin returned to the property, stating to a friend of friend of his, "After all, I've just after all, I have just one father. I want to make peace with him." Jean Jean Gay told later told David Ritz that her father had told her told her if Marvin ever touched him he would kill him. Mm. Yeah. So on Christmas Day, nineteen eighty three, Marvin gave his father a Smith and Wesson thirty eight special pistol so that he could protect his family from intruders. He gave his dad a gun. He gave his dad a gun. Wow. Yeah. Um. Friends and family member fr- me- members contended that the younger Marvin was. Often suicidal and paranoid, and by now was afraid of leaving his room, and spoke of little besides suicide and death. Oh wow! He sometimes wore three. He sometimes wore three overcoats and put his shoes on the wrong feet. What? Yeah. <laughs> three overcoats and put his shoes on the wrong feet. Yeah. Oh, so he was just crazy. Yes. By the end of it. Yes. So four days before his death, according to his sister Jean Gray, Jean Gay, had tried to kill himself by jumping out of a speeding <laughs> sports almost, car. He almost called her Jean Gray. <laughs> what I say? No, you almost like X Men. Oh, I think I'm saying her name wrong. Is it Jean Gay? Like, like I saw I got it great in. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah. Jean Jean Gay. I'm sorry. Had tried to kill himself by jumping out of a speeding sports car, suffering only minor bruises. He Jean, jumped out of a car. Yes, jumped out of a speeding sports car. Jean contended that there was no doubt Marvin wanted to die and that he could, that he couldn't take anymore. Jeez. Okay. So and. In the days prior to his death, Marvin's parents had ar- had arguments mainly over a misplaced insurance policy letter. So this is how it all started. Money. Uh, the day before his death, the the arguments spread to Marvin's room. Angered by his father confronting his mother, Marvin commanded Marvin Sr. to leave her home. Gay Sr. complied without incident, and there was no violence that, that night, but Gay Sr. continued yelling throughout the house. So, so he, he was just going off. Marvin, yeah, I, I'm going to leave, but y'all some bitches. So, yeah, I don't know what he, <laughs> what he was saying. All this money oh, so, oh, so the paper just walked out of the yeah, house. Yeah. <laughs> I guess it just walked out of the house then. Huh? I guess it just grew legs and just walked out of the house. <laughs> okay. All right. I'll leave. Still talking shit. You bitch. <laughs> you know what? Adeline. Was a, you know what? Alberta. You get on my. Wasn't it? I think her name was Albert. Alberta. You know what, Alberta? <laughs> you get on my damn nerves. Stinking bitch. And Marvin, I knew you was a sissy. I'ma leave. You don't gotta call the police. But I guess it just grew legs and walked out of the house. 
That's what that's what pisses people off though. Uh, you, like, just just go about your business. Why are you still talking shit? Yeah, man. Just leave. <laughs> Gotta do some extra shit. We don't know where it is. Look in the fridge and shit, yelling and shit. <laughs> just leave. Just get out of the house. Oh man, just go. You're causing the scene. Right. So approximately at 12.30 p.m. on April 1st, 1984, an impatient Marvin C. Shouted, shouted at his wife about the document. Marvin, dressed in a maroon robe, shouted back downstairs, telling his father if he had something to say, he better do it to his face. Mm. According to Alberta, when Marvin Sr. refused his son's request, Marvin warned him to not come to his room. Marvin Sr., however, instead... Instead, charge upstairs. I go where I where I go where I want to go. <laughs> Tell me where I can go. He said, "What? Said to your face? Yeah. All right. <laughs> Come run upstairs and shit. <laughs> this dude in the robe chilling and shit. <laughs> he definitely not chilling. He probably was like smearing shit on the walls. I mean, based on the picture you just described of Marvin Gaye in his last years, I don't think he was just upstairs <laughs> watching, you know, Golden Girls upstairs in his room. I think he was probably like writing alien words on the walls with his shoes, with his slippers on upside Wrong. down. <laughs> So, however, Mar- yeah, Marvin said, however, instead charged upstairs to the bedroom to verbally attack Alberta over the document, causing Marvin Jr. to jump out of his bed mm. and once again order his father out of the room. That's and- it. I said, I told you. Oh, you got to go. <laughs> oh, you can't disrespect him like that. <laughs> what? 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 I'm not going to allow that. No. What? That no? No, no, no. Look, you that- can't do that. Do you know Marvin Gaye? No, I don't. I don't know him. I just was saying. That was a character. Make it sound all sissy and gave him a list and whatnot. So when when ordering did not when ordering did not work, Marvin Jr. enraged and despondent reportedly shoved him out of the room into the hallway, and subjected him to some severe vi- physical violence, notably kicking and punching. Alberta, mm. That's what Alberta told David Ritz. Marvin hit him. I shouted for him to stop, and he paid no attention to me. He gave me he gave my husband some hard kicks. Gene Gay later recalled that it was understood in the family that if one of the children ever dared to strike the father that mm. he would murder him or her. Yeah. Saying her father made it very clear and said so publicly on more than one occasion. <laughs> that, was like, that was like before he put him in the bed like, good night y'all, I love y'all and remember, if you ever touch me, <laughs> I will murder you. They're like, alright dad, like seven. Right. Every night before bed. Alright y'all, did y'all enjoy dinner tonight? Okay, sweet dreams. And remember, if you ever raise a hand to me, I will strike you down where you slay, where you stand. Okay, love you. All right, good night. They said he made it very clear. Like. <laughs> he wasn't. <laughs> I told. I, mean, I told you. Don't you ever touch me? Be having a nice little conversation, a nice little game, Monopoly yeah. or something like that. But remember. <laughs> oh, you just gonna take ballpark? <laughs> okay, that's cool. <laughs> but if remember, if you ever touch me and ever outside of this Monopoly game, I will destroy you. I'm gonna pay you this rent. Yeah. But you better remember. If you ever touch me, I'm gonna kill you. I will murder you. <laughs> so Gabe Gabe reportedly followed his father to the bedroom and according to his mother, kicked him brutally. Mm. Eventually Alberta separated Marlon from his father and returned him to his bedroom. Yeah. Minutes later at twelve thirty eight PM, Marvin Senior entered the bedroom returning with the thirty eight pistol. Yep. That his That he father. bought him. Yep. yep. Mm-hmm. Pointed the gun at Marvin and shot him directly in the heart. As Alberta later explained to the police, quote, I was standing about eight feet away from Marvin when my husband came to the door of the bedroom with the pistol. My husband didn't say anything. He just pointed the gun at Marvin. I screamed, but it was very quick. He, my husband, shot and Marvin screamed. I tried to run, Marvin, I tried to run and Marvin slid down to the floor after the first shot. The first shot, which proved to be fatal, entered mm. the right side of Marvin's chest. Mm. What's his perf- perfor- peripheral? Peripheral? No. Perforating. Oh, perforating. Yeah, yeah, perforating his right lung, heart, Diaphragm, liver, stomach. It's like, it's like puncture. Yeah, liver, stomach, and left kidney before coming to to coming to rest against his left flank. Damn. Yeah. One bullet. Shit. Yes. This this first bullet. Is that a a fucking uh, cartoon bullet? Uh-huh. <laughs> Everything in his body. Yes. Apparently. Uh, Marvin's father stepped closer after the first shot and shot him second time point blank range. Damn. I didn't know he shot him twice. I I thought it was like. What I thought the story was that he shot him while he was asleep. That's what I thought. What the happened. story that I've heard my whole life is that he killed him because he was gay. Hmm. So this is really shocking to me. I didn't. But this is also very triggering to me because I grew up in a house with like cousins that were both brothers and mm-hmm. they start fighting and shit. And mm-hmm. then somebody take it too far. And so I can already nobody ever killed anybody. But I could see the whole like he kicked him and it's 
Then all of a sudden that switch flips where, oh, you gonna put your hands on? Like it was immediate. He says minutes later. So that means when he kicked them, he went back in his room like, yeah, I fucked my father up. Da 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 da. da. And he he went in his closet. The dad went in his closet. Was like, oh, you gonna put your throwing boxes around looking for his gun? Mm-hmm. And then Abel was her name, uh, Arlene, whatever her name Alberta. is. Alberta. Marvin, Marvin Senior. Listen, Conda. Nah, fuck that. I told him if he ever put his hands on me, he was dead. Loaded the yeah. gun up and then went right to his room. He probably just blacked out then. He probably yeah, that's out. what I mean. Yeah, I mean, you stop, you stand over your own son and shoot him again after you shot him? I mean, that's crazy. Yeah, um... Yeah, so he shot him point blank range. Uh, So, yeah. And then I'm, uh, I wanted to read about... Um, <clears throat> so, it says, An autopsy was conducted on Gay's body shortly after his death. Test results show that Gay had elements of cocaine and PCP. Yeah. Other words, or angel dust. In his system. Um, after Lawrence misread the coroner's report, Judge Ronald George determined later during the preliminary hearings in the court case that PCP can often invoke violence. When told that the report had concluded only that Gay had just cocaine traces in his system, the judge said PCP was not a major factor in his decision. Mm. So on April 5th, 1984, Gay was given a star-studded funeral in Forest Lawn Memorial Park, Glendale, attended by over 10,000 10,000 mourners, including mm. his Motown colleagues, his two ex-wives, Anne Gay and Janice Gay, his siblings, mother, and three children. Smokey Robinson was there. Dick Damn. Gregory was there. Stevie Wonder was there. He performed Lighting Up the Candles. Yeah. S- Stevie Wonder's going to outlive them all, man. It's crazy. Stevie Wonder's going to yep. outlive them all. So, um, yeah, Marvin Gaye, Marvin Gaye Sr. was held... Was held at the Los Angeles County Jail on a hundred thousand dollar bail. Um, okay, I wanted to read this part. So, on November second, nineteen eighty four, Judge Gordon Ringer sentenced Marvin Marvin Seager to six year suspended to a six year suspended sentence and five years probation during the sentencing hearing of Marvin Senior. Tearfully, yeah, during the sentencing hearing. So Marvin Senior, you got five years probation. Yeah. Well, it says I'm sorry, I missed the part. I'm sorry. He agreed Marvin Senior he agreed to grant Marvin Senior a plea bargain. As a result, Marvin Senior pleaded not pleaded no contest to the voluntary manslaughter charge. And that's why he got the six year suspended and five year probation. Which doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Uh so Marvin Senior tearfully told the court, if I could bring him back, I would. I was afraid of him. I thought I was going to get hurt. I didn't you shot him twice. Yeah. Um, I didn't know what was going to happen. I'm really sorry for everything that happened. I loved him. I wish you could step through this door right now. I'm paying the price. Well, fuck you. Yeah. And also, I wanted to read that, which I was Just like, read it, man. <laughs> no, because this had nothing to do. I found oh, it somewhere else. I found okay. it somewhere else. Because he, he said all this. He said that he wished you could bring him back. Uh-huh. But then it says, when asked if he loved his son, Marvin Sr. reportedly stated in a soft voice, let's say I didn't dislike him. Upon being told that his son had died from the shots. Uh-huh. So, senior, it's a senior reportedly weeped and sobbed after realizing he had killed him. Okay. Wait, what? He, because after, when he found out that, before they found out that he told him he died of the, the gunshots. Right. I'm sure, I'm sure he knew he probably killed him. He yeah. shot him twice. He said that, let's just say, I didn't dislike him. I didn't dislike him? Yeah. That's what he said about he his said, son? He said, they asked him, did you love your son? He said, let's just say, I didn't dislike him. Oh, that's a weird thing to say. Right. That's really weird. So Yeah, he wasn't scared. He was mad. There's a difference. And he lived up to what the fuck he, his word was. Yeah. Like, I was, if you touch me. That would have been the first thing I brought. If I was the lawyer, I'd have been like, look, here's all of his kids. What did your father, what's the thing your father told you the most? Well, other than, you know, don't ever hide the insurance papers, he would always say, if you ever put your hands on me, I will kill you. He told us that every year for our entire life. Every day he said that. that I mean, that's a, that's open and shut case to me. Marvin Jr. hit him, and he was like, okay, well, what did I say? He must have been fucking him up. I mean. He said, like, he brutally kicked violently him. Violently kicked him. I mean, he but for you to get the, the gun that your dad, that your son bought you for a Christmas gift, I think it was. Yeah, I, I, then, I thought that he killed his son because he was gay. I, I didn't thought, know that didn't he know that. was I, a cross-dresser. I thought Shout I thought him. he killed him Sashay away in his sleep, like one gunshot to the head. But I thought he killed him off of je- je- uh, jealousy. I didn't even know it was a whole argument going on. I could never understand being jealous of your child. Like, 
You raised the kid. I mean, if you didn't raise the kid, I guess, if you aren't reaping the benefits of, you know, the time you put in to raise your child. Like, if my child became a great success, that would be the most pride I'd have in anything. I'm, right. Yeah, I created that person. Right. I created the president. You know, I created the head of this billion-dollar corporation. I wouldn't mm-hmm. be like, I never made anything out of my life, so fuck you. Drunk and, you know, fucking drool coming out of the corner of my mouth. What, you think you're special because you got a fucking couple <laughs> billion? Man, fuck you. You know, like, mm-hmm. I, I, I could never understand being jealous of your seed. You created that person. I'd be like, have a jersey made, even if you didn't play sports, like yeah. CEO on the back of it, like with my kid's name. Money, man. I think uh, it would be money. I, I, I feel like in a sense of jealousy, and if he's if he was jealous of his son, it'd be more than money. It's like adoration, or you know, or it like could your be, son is globally renowned. He's all over the yeah, TV all the time. The songs life, on the, the radio. The life you're living, I wanted I wanted to have that when I was young. That could be part of jealousy too. If it was if it was a parent that would like would do something like that. Yeah, I I I, 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 I it definitely happens. Obviously, but I just I can't understand that. Like I I could never. I don't understand really being jealous of anybody if i'm if 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 that's a crazy thing to say like if i see people on the only person i'm jealous of is jaden smith that's the only person i have a hint of jealousy well for one you know it's a difference between him and there's other kids who are children of billionaires who never have to work again but his level of confidence having never really had to work to do it like he is the most confident he like doesn't live on this planet his his wavelengths are from somewhere else yeah he talked about some crazy shit you know and he he could he could just be a party kid if he wanted to be he could just be some rich dude riding around but he walks around like he has a sense of purpose also, and there's like, something about that where i'm well, like just be rich and one thing i don't, don't like care. about him is that he talks like he's like 50 years old and he's been on this on this earth for a super that's long what time, i mean it's like but that's the money talk yeah, it's like it's uh, just he has what money. What advice in his are you DNA. giving me, bro? I'm older than you, so what advice are that you giving me? That doesn't mean he's you. You might be older than him, but he definitely has way more experience than you. So, and, and that's the thing. That's what experience I mean. As far as what life experience, I mean, of a rich kid, yeah, of course. I mean, but I mean that 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 translates to so many more things. Like you know, a, a free time to learn about things. He could teach you about things you never even had an interest in learning in. Like I don't know. I know for a fact, Jaden Smith just could tell me more about aliens and space and all kind of wow. shit that I just have no interest in. I don't know if that makes him particularly smarter than me, but it also probably does. I mean, he I he grew up not having to... He could do whatever he wanted to do, but he isn't just walking around, you know, getting drunk and falling out of bars. Like, this dude does crazy, futuristic-ass projects. Like, he's created his own brand of water. He's always talking about cardboard. Like, everything should be made out of cardboard. I'm like, what are you talking about? I... I don't. I'm so broke. I can't even get on his level of thinking. I'm like, what do you mean? Everything should be I don't made have out of that cardboard. much free time to be. Because you don't have mu- you don't have riches. That's <laughs> I what know because I, mean. I got to fucking work. That's what for I my mean. Shit. He's so rich that he, you know, he is not. But he's not walking around being a tool bag. That's the thing. Like if I was rich, if my parents were rich, and I was some rich kid, I'd be every day would be spent doing nothing. Oh, most I'd be definitely. you know taking my father's car to go pick up girls and having crazy parties at the house. I wouldn't be like in the you know the rainforest of Machu Picchu trying to save villagers like that's the type of shit he does I'm gonna read this book and he raps I'm gonna sit here and read this book all day this how boring this this thousand page fucking book how (laughs) boring but that's the type of shit he does though wrong cause I ain't god read a book man I'm I will make a book of money (laughs) just to keep in my house every page a different bill every page with a different signature on the bill and that would just be my little DIY project that I would do for myself. Um, but yeah, that was Marvin Gaye. I like that story. That was cool. I, I, there was some stuff in there I didn't know. Um, I was just being a little silly with the uh, with the Marvin Gaye lisp uh, <laughs> Rest in character. Peace, Rest in peace to Marvin Gaye for sure. But uh, <laughs> I couldn't resist. Uh, <laughs> but um, yeah, so that was a good story. We're going to do is going to take a quick break. And when we come back, I'm going to first I'm going to wipe off this sweaty mic because I have sweaty hands. And uh, then it's my turn to tell you some fucked up shit. So stay tuned. All right. And we are back. And uh, for my affirmative murder this week, I have a very salacious tale of the story of Belle Gunas, Lady Bluebird. And I got my story from uh, prairieghost.com. 
and the author of the story was Troy Taylor. Okay. And this is this is a very very t- it's almost like lipstick hour. So pull up your chairs and get ready for some drama, ladies and gentlemen. All right. Let me get my sweet tarts on. Yeah, get, get 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 set. Let me I got to switch hands on this mic. Okay, cool. I can I can scroll better through my story with this hand. Okay. <clears throat> on April 28th, 1908, a mysterious fire raged through the small brick farmhouse of Belle Gunness, a widow who lived outside of Pleasant of the pleasant and unassuming town of Laporte, Indiana. The fire at first seemed to be no more than a horrible tragedy that claimed the lives of Belle and her three lovely children, aged one, nine, and five. But the questions began to emerge from the smoldering ruins. The answers and the unsolved mysteries that emerged from from these ruins would make headlines across the Midwest. In in life, 48-year-old Belle Gunderson, Bell, um, what? No, Bell Gunas. <laughs> I don't know why. I, said, I don't know why I said Gunderson. I think that's from a cartoon or something. Uh, Bell Gunas had stood had stood just over six feet tall, and had weighed a massive two hundred and fifty pounds. Mm. However, it's a female, right? Oh yeah. However, the body that was found in the remains of her home was no more than one hundred and fifty pounds. Had the blaze somehow burned away the flesh from Bell's portly body? What? No. What? She lost weight. No, that was just questions that people had. Oh. It just didn't make sense that uh, there's a hundred pound, Wait, uh, way so this smaller is her. body. This is her. This is the bot. This is from the night of a fire. They find a body in the house that they think is Belle, but everybody's like, it can't be Belle because it's a hundred pounds less than oh, Belle. Gotcha. This burned up body isn't as big as Belle. But a kid's there though, right? Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. Uh, no one could really say for sure. Uh, if it was wait, no one could really sh- say for sure. Because the head of the corpse was missing. Mm-hmm. How oh, this wait. happened? The well, head was gone. Yeah, they couldn't. That's what we, they couldn't identify. I was like, this doesn't look like her, size wise, and that doesn't have a face, no teeth. Mm. Uh, uh, how had this happened? Could a falling section of the house have severed her head, or had it been cut off by a murderer who had set fire to the house to hide his crimes? Mm. Bell Gunness was no stranger to mystery or controversy. Several years before her husband, Peter Gunness, had been killed, according to Bell, when a meat grinder had toppled off the shelf in the kitchen and struck him in the head. Oh, stop. (laughs) (laughs) But when the coroner looked at the body, he allegedly muttered, this is a case of murder. To make matters worse, one of Bell's children even told a classmate that her mother had hit him over the head with a cleaver. Oh, man. The authorities investigated, but Bell was so convincing and so formidable at the inquest that no charges were ever filed. So basically, they showed up and were like, "Look, man, we look, Bell, we know what you did this." And she was like, "No," because she was she was uh, Swedish. Mm-hmm. No, I I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know what you mean. I didn't kill anybody. How dare you? Oh, and they were like, "Well, case closed. She didn't do it. Let's go, That's guys." Crazy. It was so easy to get away with crimes back then. You'd just be like, no. Just no, fold your I, arms. No, I didn't do it. But everybody said they saw you do it. No. Confident. All right. Well, I guess we'll leave you alone. And clearly, it wasn't you. We don't have any surveillance evidence because it's 1843. <laughs> uh, Got to be very confident. Yeah. Just don't don't, don't, don't shake under pressure. No. Just hold your ground. At least then. Now it doesn't matter. If you watch every episode of First 48, everybody in that room is like, <laughs> Y'all don't got shit on me. And then they're like, well, we have footage of you. So, and they're like, oh, man, well, it was my cousin. So, don't, you know, it doesn't matter if you, how confident you are now. You're going to get caught. Let's see. Yeah. And after her husband's death, Belle was never considered a proper widow. It was common knowledge in the town that she had taken her handyman, Ray Lamphere, to her bed on lonely winter nights. It would be Lamphere that the sheriff would return to when he started having his own doubts about the accidental fire at the Gunness home. He considered the case a definite example of murder and arson. He sent two of his deputies digging in the debris of the house of Bell's head in the house for Bell's head and sent two others to arrest Lamphere. When drinking, the slow witted handyman often boasted of sleeping with his employer which came as a surprise to those who saw Belle as a burly woman who liked to dress in men's overalls and do her own hog butchering. So he was, like, bragging. Yeah, he's like, yeah, man, you know Belle Gun... Belle, why do I keep saying Gunderson? You know Belle, man, you know my boss. 
I'm slapping that thing up and down, left and right, every night. And I don't know how big like, he is, because she's six foot, two hundred Probably not pounds. very, I mean, maybe, I, I didn't get a, a, a body build on she him. She fucking him. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> and he'd be in the bar drunk with, a, a, I don't know, a flogging of ale or whatever they drank <laughs> back in 1901. And people, would, he'd be like, yeah, you know, you know, all I got to do is slap some flour on the wet spot and stick it in, you know what I'm saying? And people would be like, gross. <laughs> That big man with the, <laughs> the big the overall yeah woman? that big overall woman wearing wearing woman he'd be like you know it high five or whatever they did back then I don't know <laughs> firm handshake uh, let's see uh, yeah so everybody in town was like why are you telling us about this big woman right. in overalls that you like to fuck but there was another side to Belle uh, which she was, she was free no here we go watch oh. this. So there was another side to Bell, which Ray Lamphere saw, as well as numerous strangers who were who were often seen going for a carriage ride in, with Bell on a Sunday afternoons. On those occasions, Bell was seen wearing a corset and her finest clothing, with her hair done in the latest styles of, of women's magazines that came from Chicago <laughs> and New York. Unrecognizable from the rough woman, from the rough farm woman, she usually was accompanied by a handsome young man who had blown into town for, with a suitcase at the railroad station a few days before. So she would always just go pick up guys at the train station and be like, hey, fella, why don't you want to take a ride with this filly? Or whatever, you know, kind of sexual terms they would use back <laughs> She's then. She's picking up random people? Yeah. With Did the, she knew they was coming in? It was like they was I'll on get, Tinder I'll, or something? I'll, I'll get to that. Yeah, they were on Tinder. <laughs> but it, it used to be by mail before. You didn't know Tinder was been around for 140 years? No, yeah, it started with mail. I just guess It was mail Tinder. You don't know? They don't talk about that at the post office? No. Yeah, it was mail tender. You used to mail letters, and, and you, you would swipe the mail either to the right in the trash can, or you swipe it left to put it back in the mailbox oh. to send them another. And you leave the little heart print uh, yeah, thing on you the like back this. of it. Yeah, you like, I like this. Stamp it with wax. You pour, pour some wax yeah, on yeah, it yeah, and yeah. stamp with a heart, with and a heart, then yeah. swipe left into the mailbox to hmm. send it back. I didn't know anything about that. Yeah, man. Tender. Yeah, it's been around. Wow. It's If you look close on the app, it says EST.1897 at the bottom of the app. It's been around for a long time. I believe time. you. I'm not going to download it, but I believe you. That's cool. Well, you shouldn't download it because you're in a relationship, sir. Yeah. Let's get out of that. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to move on. Uh, where is it? Yeah, so it's unrecognizable. Yeah, so she was picking up guys at the train station. Uh, Ray Lamphere had endured these attentive strangers, but had never lost his temper over any of them. Oh, so he was He was like, cool. He, he was, was like, like, I mean, as long as I get some, he was you just, can do he what was, you want to do. He was a side dude. Yeah, exactly. Oh, he was okay. cool with it. He was like, I, I, fix, I fix the pipes. And I give the pipes. You know what I mean? <laughs> they call me Ray Slay. Ray, Mr. Ray McSlay. Because I slay, I slay bell. Uh, they slay these sleigh bells. Oh, man, I can start freestyling this Ray right now. Uh, wait, let's see. Uh, so, yeah, Ray Lamphere had endured these attentive strangers, but had never lost his temper over any of them until the winter of 1908. At that time, he was introduced as a gentle. He was introduced to a gentleman from South Dakota, Andrew Hagelian, Bell's new husband to be. Mm. Lamphere protested, and Bell promptly fired him. Lamphere soon began drinking heavily and began showing up at Bell's house. She had arrested. She had him arrested for trespassing, and then mentioned to the sheriff that I'm afraid that he'll set the set fire to the place. She must have been putting it on him. Yeah. He ain't getting no more buns? Nah. So he's, he's sick. So if I can't have it, no one can. At least at this point in the story, that's where we're going with. He must want to land the right pipe. Nah, I think he was laying PVC pipe. <laughs> shouldn't, land, <laughs> shouldn't land quarter inch pipe, if you know what I mean. But um, uh, this immediately came back to mind. Uh, this immediately came back to mind for Sheriff Smutzer, and he had Lamphere locked up and charged with the murder of Bell and her children. The handyman claimed to be innocent, but his cries fell on deaf ears until Asla Hegelian showed up from town in from showed up in town from South Dakota searching for his missing brother. Oh. So this is Andrew Hegelian's brother, Asla, which I looked up. That's how you say it in the, Dutch. That's the guy. That's she the husband to be. Okay, gotcha. So she ca he came looking for his brother. Oh, where is my brother? Where is my brother? Oh, <laughs> you know, uh, killing accents, man. Thanks, man. No problem. I watched Frozen yesterday, so this is right in my wheelhouse as, <laughs> as far as the Swedish and all that goes. Um, let's see. Andrew Dakota. Yeah. 
Uh, he's searching for his missing brother, Andrew. He told Sheriff Smutzer that Andrew had answered a, a matrimonial ad that had been placed by Bell Gunnus in a Norwegian language newspaper. What? In her reply, Bell offered true love and a life of wedding bliss, but also mentioned a quick $1,000 that she needed to pay off a mortgage. She ended her letter with, My heart beats in wild rapture for you. Come, pre- come prepared to stay forever. And apparently he did. He withdrew his life savings from the bank and Thank was you. never heard from again. So basically she put out, uh, you know, a dear, not a dear John letter, but like a, like an ad in the newspaper, like, I'm looking for a husband. I will be a great wife and I'll love you very much, but I do have $1,000 left on my mortgage. So if you come to marry me, bring money for, to help me pay off my mortgage. Thanks. Bye. Wow. Uh, but it was in Swedish. I don't know how to say it in Swedish. But that's basically what the letter said. And he he's he's Swedish, so he was or Norwegian. I'm sorry, he's Norwegian. He was like picked up Norway Weekly or whatever magazine they have in America for Norwegian people, and was like, oh, flirty dookie durkin. And then he packed up his bags and took out his life savings and was like, see you later, Asle. Uh, by the time catch. say it again, I knew it was a catch. Oh, the catch is it, we're not even there yet. Oh, okay. By the time that Asla arrived in Laporte, he was sure that his brother had met with foul play. He became even more convinced when he went out to the ruins of Bell's home and watched as the men digging for her head turned up eight men's watches, assorted bones, and human teeth instead. Mm. He searched through the property on his own and shouted to the men to start digging in the rubbish, in the rubbish hole that was located in Bell's hog pen. As they began turning the earth, they found four bodies, oh. all of them skillfully sliced apart and wrapped in oil cloth. One of the bodies belonged to Andrew Hegelian, so he found his brother, in a pig pen. Uh, the town was shocked, and more men came out to the farm to join in the search. Wait, wait, hold on, hold on. sorry. Who found who, brother? The girl. I thought it was the girl that came in and was looking for a brother. No, Asla is a boy. Oh, shit. Looking for his brother, oh, Andrew Hegelian. Those girls. <laughs> those, those Norwegian names, man. They're, they're funny. All right. But Asla's a boy. He was right. looking for his brother. I, 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 I was out there. I no, was he was looking time. for his brother, okay, and gotcha. he was like, come look over here at this, at these, at this hog pen. And hog pen. And they found four bodies, one of which was his she's brother. She's a, a butcher? No, she's a... She, she, she butchered pigs. Butchered. Okay. That she, she tended her own farm in her uh, overalls when she wasn't getting dolled up and putting on corsets and stuff. Yeah, so the town was shocked on the fo- Yeah, uh, join the search. On the following day, three more bodies were discovered in all. Wait. On the following day, three more bodies were discovered, and in all, 14 of Bell's victims were pieced together with a quantity of teeth, bones, and watches left over. So they were able to put together four more bodies. That's crazy. Or they were able to put together 14 total bodies, but then almost as if you did a, a puzzle wrong, it was a whole bunch of pieces left over. So it was like, these are all the bodies that we were able to put together. But look at all these extra teeth and watches and shit we got over here. It's way more than 14 watches. And it's like 267 teeth over here that we have all these 14 bodies have all their teeth and watches. So 14 bodies? 14 bodies. And you got up. extra shit on the side. You got extra shit on the side. That's fucking insane. Yeah. And she was like, I don't even want these watches. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> like, what the fuck? I don't know how to tell time. Only thing I need to know is when the sun goes down, uh, Six Lamb Lamphir comes over here and blows my back out. That's the only thing I need to know about time. <laughs> he uh, should be lucky then. Who Lamphir? Yeah. Why should he be lucky? Well, he was just getting buns, and that was it. He's, and the, I mean, he had to work. He he worked. I mean, it. as far but she's killing these dudes. I'm saying. It, oh, very true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I'll get to that too. Okay, cool. Uh. Oh, here we go. The gruesome finds made headlines in newspapers all over the Midwest, and relatives began to appear from all over the region to claim bodies. All of them told of lonesome brothers, uncles, and cousins answering Bell's matrimonial ads and traveling hopefully to Laporte with their life savings stuffed in their pockets. Sheriff Smutzer estimated that Bell had made out about had made about thirty thousand dollars from her victims. She had, and this is thirty thousand dollars in nineteen yeah, in say. the early nineteen hundreds. That's so you can like quadruple that if you <laughs> if you really want to. Uh, she had drugged them and had cut up the bodies as she did her hogs. Was it pictures? It couldn't be no picture in the ad. So it was like, did she describe nah, her? I, don't, I think I think that's such a risk. I think see, and there's a lot of guys that still function like this. A lot of guys will turn thirty and be like, well, I'm thirty, so 
whoever I'm dating now, I have to marry because that's how life works. So back back then, take that back to like 20. So a guy that's lonely and desperate and you just find an ad in the magazine that says, I want I'll marry you. Come out to here and, 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 and marry me. And every single one of those guys that came out there with the thousand dollars for her mortgage, she would drug and then kill. That's crazy. Another thing I've noticed is that every woman's story that I've done, also that she's white. Uh, uh, okay. But like I said, I've said it before, I, I find women to be minorities in society, so it doesn't matter if you're black or white. But women, every story I've done on a woman, women aren't like malicious or not calculated or just like kill people. for. They aren't bloodthirsty. Like mm-hmm. It's always insurance or uh, they wanted to get a Some person. Yeah, they were being yeah. beaten or something like that. It's, it's it's very calculated, and that's you know that's you know women are very calculated. We're trying to get some type of crazy lifestyle. Yeah, like an upper hand in yeah. life. You know, mm-hmm. like it, it's never just I, I don't know. I snapped and I just killed eight people. It's always something to it, or for most of the time it is. I've heard other stories, stories that she, are the contrary. She fucking hit the jackpot. That's crazy. Yeah, I mean she hit the jackpot. Not really. It was like work. Well, she was yeah. chopping people up yeah. and hiding them. It wasn't like they just came and gave her the money and then she'd be like, "Get out of here!" Like she drugged them and then cut them up and bury them money. in her on her farm. Mm. Uh, fourteen. Mm. Yeah. Plus fourteen plus. They there are people that believe it was closer to a hundred, but but that's not wow. that's not proof. Uh, but even it. with this mystery cleared up, the unanswered question of the body in the burned house remained. Was it Bell, or had someone else been placed there to die? Bell's Bell's head never appeared, but the sheriff thought that her teeth might. A neighbor who had once been a prospector offered to sluice the debris for any of Bell's teeth. And sluice is just like water pressure, the stuff, mm-hmm. just kind of wash away all the dirt to to see if you can, you know, if he could find some other stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, he found many additional male teeth in the in the ruins, but only one of which could be linked to Bell. The convicted, oh yeah, this convinced some of the locals that the 150-pound body had been Bell's, but uh, but others scoffed, saying that any woman who would leave her children to die in a fire so that she could escape would certainly not balk at the notion of knocking out one of her own teeth in the interest of eluding arrest. So basically, there so there were some people who, when this guy found, when Prospector Jim found one tooth, mm-hmm. they were like, well, there it is. That body must be hers, even though we can't find her head. And there were other people like. She burned down a house. Look at all these bodies we found. You right. think she wouldn't take a hammer and knock out a tooth real quick and just toss it away? Right? Toss right. it away? I I I can buy that logic. I mean, you gone this far. True. Um every time my fucking phone turns sideways, it uh, hold on. Yeah, okay, here we go. Found it. I caught up. The lingering controversy spilled over into the courtroom for despite the grisly discoveries on Bell's property, the sheriff doggedly persisted in bringing Ray Lamphere to trial for her murder. Both sides fought hard and the jury eventually brought in a rather curious verdict. Lamphere was acquitted of the murders, but was convicted of setting fire to the house. He received a sentence of two to 21 years in state pen- in the state penitentiary. He eventually died in prison. Mm. Having contracted, having con- he eventually died in prison, having contracted tuberculosis in jail while, ar- while awaiting trial. But he confessed his role in Bell's crimes to us to his cellmate before he succumbed to his disease. He told he told him that he was aware of Bell's murderous activities and had even buried bodies for her when she was finished cutting them up. Wow. He said that uh, he said that the headless woman that was found in the fire was that of a female vagrant that Bell had found in Chicago. Mm. She had poisoned the woman with um, strychnine and then had which is like a rat poison. So he, he, she had poisoned this woman with strychnine. And then pl- had placed her in the bed with the children after she killed them. Wait, children? Her children? Wow, her three children? That's fucking crazy. So he's saying, yeah, she found a woman, a bum, for to, lack of a, for he, like, she found a homeless person to match her size. No, oh, because she's a massive person. Oh. She just found a woman that she could kill and nobody would look for. Chopped her, chopped her head off. And put her in bed with her kids, and then burn the farm down. And then burn the That's farm down. That's fucking insane. Uh, she don't went too far. Yeah, she she placed the woman's body in the bed with her children. She had removed one of her own teeth, and then had set fire to the house. After that, she had vanished with the money that sh- that the men had unwittingly brought to her. 
Lanfear was supposed to hear from Bell after she got away to safety, but he never had. Sick. <laughs> Unbelievably, the moron the moronic handyman died in his prison cell, still in love with the human monster. Mm. And what happened to Bell Gunnus herself? No one knows. She what? vanished without a trace in April 1908 and was never heard from again. Sightings of Gunnis, or someone who looked like her, were reported all over the country. A notable one took place in Los Angeles in 1931. A woman named Esther Carlson was charged by the police with poisoning a man for financial gain. Carlson looked like Gunnis, was the same age that Gunnis would have been, and there was no trace of Carlson to be found prior to the year 1908, which coincidentally was when Gunnis died, with quotations, because she got away. This is fucking, she's fucking... Uh, what's that movie? Um, oh, Ben Affleck, the woman slits Neil. Uh, slits mm, people. You know what I'm talking about. She she faked her own death, and and then she came back at the end because he said he loved her on the news. Ah, oh, mm. somebody somebody said tell me that on Twitter. I, oh, that's gonna bother me. Mm, I saw that movie like three times. Emily Ratajkowski's in it. She shows her boobs. Mm. Oh well, I'm gonna move on. But it's like that. She she definitely faked her own death, got away, and you know I believe that she got caught. I believe that was her in Los Angeles because that's just they too crazy. But they couldn't check for the teeth or nothing. They didn't. They couldn't do that. that. I didn't get. Oh, all I got was they found a woman who had no trace of being a person until 1908. She was the same age that that uh, that Bell would have been. Same body type, looked like her. Wow. And yeah, uh, in two thousand, money was running out. Yeah, she had to get back to get, get to get back to what she knows. That's fucking crazy. In 2007, Bell Gunness's grave was exhumed by forensic pathologist, forensic anthropologists. Descendants of her sister, Nellie Larson. Wait, yeah, never mind. I said Lar. The person that they found was named uh, Esther Carlson. That sounded like Larson. So it's okay. That just their name changed over time. It didn't. The woman from 1931 and her descendant, it's not the same. It's Carlson and Larson. Larson, they're different. Um, but so, uh, yeah, the descendants of her sister, Nellie Larson, were on were on hand and provided DNA samples to prove once and for all whether or not it was really Gunness in the tomb. So they wanted to put an end to the mystery. And if they have DNA from somebody that's a descendant of hers and they were able to find DNA off of the body to match then it would be like well obviously that woman that was in los angeles in 1931 that wasn't her because she's been in this grave the whole time she died in this house fire she never did escape um however yeah so whether or not it was really yeah however tests tests have been so far inconclusive Mm -hmm. however gunness was supposedly a large woman measuring six feet tall and weighing around 200 plus pounds according to clothing stores she frequently wore the body in the grave was that of a much smaller headless woman which does not fit the, the which does not fit her profile. Who's buried there? No one yet knows. So they don't even know who that was. They still don't know, and they were they thought that they found an envelope that that was Bell Gun uh, It was Bell Gunness's letter, mm-hmm. and they thought they'd be able to get enough saliva off the envelope because they can't get a they can't get a good enough DNA sample to match with her descendants. So it's still they still don't know if that, that's that, that the lady that they thought may may have been her. They the body, her. the headless body. Oh, I thought I was talking about the other the other lady. No, no, no. They still oh. they still they 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 exhumed the body that they buried that night of the fire. Fire, okay. And went to test it, and they can't get enough DNA. But what about the other lady? They they think it may be her. That I don't know. That was just That's a piece of crazy. that was just a piece of like random oh, trivia okay. that I All found, right. and I, I didn't really go further down that rabbit hole. But um, when people get away, that shit creeps me out. Yeah, she <laughs> she's like fucking. She went out. She went out like uh. Man, my references are off today. What was the last movie we watched? Seven. What's his name? Kevin Spacey. Mm-hmm. Kevin Spacey was in this movie called The Usual Suspects, mm-hmm. and the whole time he was in the movie, this movie's really good. You should watch it. The whole time he was in the movie, he was acting like this cowardly guy, and he was in custody because this crazy heist had went down. Mm-hmm. They were trying to steal all this stuff. And everybody that was involved in the heist died except Kevin Spacey. And Kevin Spacey's like, I don't know. He's telling the story to the police like, 
So the story that he's telling is the whole movie, right? Mm-hmm. It's crazy. The story he's telling is the whole movie. He's like, yeah, it was Mr. White and Mr. Mr. Cup and da 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 and and all this stuff. And then the police the police go, clearly you're you're such a pussy. It wasn't you. I don't know. You're free to go. And then he's leaving. And while while he's walking away from the police station, mm-hmm. the police the detective is in his office and he's looking around. He's like, all the names from the story that he just told him are in his office. It's like. The cup says Mr. Nice Guy and the wall has this on it and the clock said eight o'clock. And, th- and in the story, he's like, you can hear him telling like, yeah, well, it was Mr. Nice Guy and it was 830 at night and da 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 And he's piecing together that um, Kevin Spacey just told him a whole lie based on all the stuff in the room. That's and crazy. Then, while he's piecing it together, they cut back to Kevin Spacey. And the whole time in the movie, Kevin Spacey was like, he had like a... I don't know, like spina bifida or something. Like uh-huh. his arm was messed up and he had a limp. Uh-huh. And while he's walking to his car, he's doing his foot scuffing. And then the foot stops scuffing and his arm comes down and he starts walking normal and he hops in the limousine and drives away. Wow. And it turns out he like killed everybody in the heist and took the money for himself. And he and was it didn't a, matter because he already because he already did he already discharged the, the charge. He already let him go. Yeah, he already let him go. And what is it called? It's the usual suspects. Very oh, good movie. Shit, so she that. usual suspect the whole thing in a but in a darker way. She killed everybody and made away with thirty thousand dollars. Um, of money that she got from scamming people out of marriages. Oh, definitely watch that. So that was Bell Gunness. That's Aaron. I keep saying I want to say Gunderson. Yeah, that was, that was Bell Gunness, aka Lady Bluebird. So she just got up. I don't know if she's still alive. She definitely isn't still alive. This story's from this? like 1897. Oh, <laughs> she's, she's dead as shit. Yeah, I, don't, you I told know. you they exhumed her body. You don't know. Oh, I thought I thought this was the. I thought they was talking about the lady with no head. Even if they, if that's not her, she's still dead. If she didn't, if that's not her in the grave, she's dead, or she's 148 years old, or something crazy. I think she that old. All right, you keep believing that. that. I'm going with that. You go with that. This is Hogwarts School of Witchcraft (laughs) and Wizardry. Um, but yeah, so this has been another episode of Affirmative Murder. What's her name? What is it? Who? The lady. Her name is Bell Gunnis. Bell Gunnis. Bell Gunnis. Bell Gunnis. She's like a Norwegian or Swedish or something like that. Bell Gunnis. Now, if you'll let me. It's time for us to go, man. I want to watch Coco. Bell Gunners. This has been another episode of Affirmative Murder. And as we always say here, folks, it's crazy times. We're not going to get into the, the madness that's going on still. I don't want to talk about it anymore. But you got to always be on the lookout out here. Watch your back. Watch your six. Watch your seven. Watch your eight. And uh, make it home safe. But, you know, enjoy life and have a good time. I've been Alvin Williams alongside with my partner in true crime friend, So Evan. Catch y'all next time. See you next week. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park.